Welcome to the Manufacturing Masters Podcast with your host, Allison DeFord. Do you know how to think like a world-class aftermarket parts manager? I didn't either until I met Christina Harrington. What does that mean exactly? Well, Christina is going to break down for us how to take advantage of aftermarket sales and service and turn it into a profit center. Christina is the owner of Gen Alpha Technologies. They have this amazing complete digital solution. It's called Equip360. I encourage you to check that out if you're not already familiar with it, but it is truly amazing. And she's also a podcast host for a great podcast called Broadcast for Manufacturers with her co-host, Lori Hybe. I was uh, fortunate enough to be on that recently and really feel grateful to, to have gotten to know Christina. She's also an expert on the Manufacturing Masters platform. And everybody, she's going to teach you how to be a badass and make some more money. So let's jump in to this episode. Everybody, here we grow. Well, hey, welcome to this episode of the Manufacturing Masters podcast. Christina, I am grateful that you're here. Oh, Allison, I'm so happy to be with you today. It's a pleasure for me. Well, I was recently on your podcast, which is a broadcast for manufacturers. Yes, you were. With Lori Hybe. And um, just wanted to say thank you. It was such a great experience. And I, you know, there are so many podcasts now. And I often get people say, why one more? Why do we need one more? And my thought is each one is so unique. Yeah. You know, each one has a purpose and personalities and a chemistry. And I just think they're all important. And I think especially in the manufacturing space, we don't have that many. So, you know, if we can each bring some different things to light and, um, you know, influence the next generation and help manufacturers today who need it, my thought is let's do that. Yeah. And I'll give the, you know, audience a a little something and maybe everybody's doing this, but it's something I just started doing because I'm a avid podcast listener. I love to get new ideas from people. And I started using the search tool where I wanted to, I want to listen to a specific topic. So I'm using search inside my podcast tool and it's very quickly narrowing for me different conversations on the thing that I searched for. And, you know, I really wasn't doing that. I was subscribing and following different people. But now when I'm thinking about a topic, I search for it. I, and then That's that great. exposes me to all these other different podcasts that I'm not even familiar with or listening to. And I, I've gotten a lot of value from that. So I would encourage people that if you are thinking about something or you have a problem, search inside your podcast and see what podcasts come up. I think that's why you can have a lot of different voices um, yeah. because there are those tools that you know will suggest things for you. I think that's an incredible suggestion. And I always say in my newsletter, I can always find a, ra- oh, sorry, a way all roads lead back to marketing for manufacturers for me. Yeah. And as I think you could probably say the same thing about aftermarket. Um, and I agree with you. I, I glean so much 
information and education and inspiration from outside of the industry that, yeah, fantastic suggestion. I'm going to start doing it. Thank you. <laughs> well, Great. so everybody today, Christina is going to help you think like a badass, <laughs> a badass after parkit after I can even talk today after market <laughs> parts manager. And I have to tell you, I did not know a lot about aftermarket uh, opportunities, potential until I met you. And I think the coolest thing that I learned that everybody listening will want to get in on is what an untapped profit center this is. And so this is where I think you come in because you can shed light on this. So how, how does an OEM benefit? from becoming good at this. Yeah. You know, um, well, you bring up so many different things. And one thing I just, that I I think is important to share, and I think people will relate to this is sometimes aftermarket is an afterthought in business, especially OEMs, because it's easy to get excited about the big piece of equipment, whether, you know, you're producing a large, Uh, manufacturing piece of equipment for the factory floor, or you're creating a big piece of mining equipment that's going to operate inside of a mine or a construction piece of equipment out that we see out on the roads. So they're so sexy and exciting, but the service and support for those, it's really can be draining and tiring because it can feel like you're always addressing problems, right? You know, the when a machine needs maintenance, whether it's proactive maintenance, you know, for upcoming shutdown and you're preparing to do maintenance. So you have to prepare your t- uh, technical service teams and you have to prepare which parts are going to be there for the job. And you got to make sure everybody's trained to do the job efficiently so you can get that equipment running. Or if it's unplanned maintenance, right, the, the machine goes down, the piece of equipment goes down in the field. And now there's a job to do. So they quickly have to get answers you know, it can feel like it's a thankless job when you're in it sometimes. But for the companies that do it really, really well, customers will love you for it. Because for them, buying the piece of equipment was just one aspect of their journey with you. It's the service and support, depending on how long that piece of equipment is going to be in operation, Maybe it has a five-year useful life, a 10-year, a 20-year useful life. Over that time period, it's going to need maintenance and support. And often, the maintenance and support dollars that go with that piece of equipment is just as much the price of that new piece of equipment, but at higher profit margins. So when you do it really well, and they're so satisfied with the support that you gave them, Now they are your loyal customer so that when they want to buy that next piece of equipment, they're immediately coming back to you, the manufacturer that took care of them during all that maintenance and support time. So to me, that's why it's higher profit margins and it's it's the ability to to really become the loyal uh, provider that they want for all the future equipment and parts that they need. It's very easy to go the opposite direction. If their machine is down and they're under a tight timeline and they got to keep producing and everything is delayed, 
It's hard to communicate with you. They're not getting responsiveness that they need. The parts don't come when they, they say they're going to come. Your technician doesn't show up. Then the experience can be bad, especially if that happens over and over again, where the next piece of equipment, they're not buying it from you. So to me, this is the kind of the holy, holy grail. So I always find this part of the world very sexy when lots of people want to talk about the new equipment. So yeah, that's well, the key. That's the, that's the missing profit center, right? That they're, that's money they're leaving on the table. And I love you're, you're also a, you're an expert here on the manufacturing masters platform and you have some great videos and one, the one in particular we're, we're talking about, um, this is you talk about moving from an aftermarket department to a customer experience company. That's right. So what, and, and I feel that tying in with a, that's what you're talking about here. So how yeah. does, how do they do that? How do they make that transition? Yeah. I, I think it starts with fully understanding that when that go, that equipment goes to work, you your after sales team is now the support center. So it's really important to communicate to a customer immediately when that that uh, piece of equipment left the factory. And now it's been received and it's installed and it's in operation at your customer's uh, place of business. They need to know how to do business with you. So welcoming them if it's a person that's bought uh, something so so many companies don't have this kind of welcome package or even know where to go for the after sales until they have their first issue so make sure that first you as a company know who are the aftermarket or maintenance teams that are going to be taking care of that. Because often the person who bought the machine is not the person who's going to repair right. the machine. They're two separate areas of the business. So to get involved in, in improving that customer experience, you got to start when it moves from new machine sales over to aftermarket. And now that machine's in operation. So informing them how to do business with you, where they're going to find information, uh, many OEMs have multiple channels and we can talk through some of those. So they'll have their own customer support teams and technical service teams. And often that is either, you know, a 1-800 number into the facility where they are calling on these different groups of people, depending on the information that they need. You can have a website, which I highly encourage, right? A digital commerce store for all those uh, next generation buyers and users of your equipment who want to quickly access things from their mobile devices. We have to have that information at their fingertips. So that's a channel into you. If you've got a website, you should make sure that those people that have received your equipment know where to go. And then a dealer network. So many of the companies that we work with there is an intermediary and that's your dealer network. So how equipped are your dealers to talk about your products, to have information at their fingertips, uh -huh. to be able to turn around quotes, orders, deliver products on time. So when there is that intermediary of a dealer network, it's even more important to make sure that there's a seamless customer experience because it's still your brand on the side of that piece of equipment. I've got a Polaris ATV and when my Polaris goes down, 
I need help. And all I know is that it's Polaris. I'm not thinking about a dealer or anything. I'm thinking I have a Polaris Model X and I need some support. So we need to be thinking about things in the same way that our customers will think about things. Customer being the end right. user and create an experience that's exceptional and meticulous. And I would say that it's really important to go through and identify the friction areas. Um, you know, people can participate in customer service calls. That's the beautiful thing about the aftermarket. There's enough calls, there's enough emails coming in daily where you can review those and see the common questions, see the common responses, see you know how long it takes it takes to complete something and keep looking for the friction areas. You can also ask your customers, right? So asking your customers, wow, I know. <laughs> and they will tell you where your friction areas are. But if you're going to ask your customers, make sure you're going to do something with the information that you receive. So for me, building an exceptional customer experience is really around making sure your customers know immediately when that machine goes to work, where they go to get information. And then once they start coming for information, make sure that's a frictionless process because fast, easy to use, easy to do their job is really important. And ultimately they wanna reduce downtime and keep their equipment running. So that's what they want. What we're thinking about as the manufacturer, we're thinking about profit margins. We're thinking about growing. We're thinking about us. Yeah. We need to be putting ourselves in their shoes. That's what's important to them. So how can we improve that? Well, and, and I'm glad you brought up um, the reducing friction because I did, I made some notes when I was watching this particular video from you and you mentioned a couple different things that stood out to me. One was the the process, which I think you just talked about, right? What does yeah. that look like from start to finish? And, and then like, that's what I call it. It's, there's never, it's never an end it's, yeah. and then what? So being proactive and having that strategy, that process planned up front and refined. Secondly, your website huge friction point. I, I encourage people to, and I want to, I want to see what you think about this, encourage manufacturers to pretend you're your customer and make up a problem and go to your website and try to see how fast you can get it solved. Yes. And like you said in the video, like if it takes 18 clicks, um, like you're screwed. You just screwed <laughs> up. Like it's, nobody's gonna, I mean, that's like calling AT&T for me, uh, right. you know, no offense, AT&T. They may be a potential sponsor of our podcast. However, <laughs> today, <laughs> you know, when you have to call and you're not sure how many times do you have to share your story with three or four or five different people, press one for this, seven for this, nine for this, 12. Wait, you didn't get all those? Listen again. It makes me crazy. And I, it just, I don't even want to do it. Right. So is there anything you've seen in terms of the website or the process? Anything that stands out that's pretty consistent that people could, you know, improve, tweak, 
Sure. Well, I love your suggestion. Take a problem, identify it yourself. What I will tell you in this space, there are not enough people that are online, that are offering online solutions. So being able to solve problems through the website. So that's something I'm still seeing consistently today. Now, I hope, um, you know, this video is going to be outdated soon and everybody will have moved to their digital strategies. But what's still happening today is people are forced to either email, fax, uh, call, or text message a customer service department that has to typically go back and forth to ask questions to help the user get the information that if they were able to digitally self-service exactly. on a website by entering their own login, where they come in with this personalized experience that shows all their orders, all their history, they can easily yeah. say, oh yeah, I ordered that oil change kit last year for this. If I just go back to my past order, I can reorder it again. Or maybe you saved it to your favorites. So it's there to easily find the next time. Or they, the, the user logs in and sees only the equipment that they own. So if they have a, a fleet of five machines that are all from you, Mr. Manufacturer, and they go in, they see the bills of materials for those five machines, all the work instructions, all the documentation, all the MSDS documents. Yeah. There aren't enough manufacturers today taking advantage of the digital resources that are out there. So that is something that I'm consistently seeing um, that I think can be improved. Um, but to your, to your point, if you're not online yet, Go and walk through and observe your customer service team trying to answer challenges because sometimes it could be that they are having to access the ERP for some information. They're going into their PIM system for other information. Then they're going into the engineering system for bills and materials to find other things. So the whole support process is even a little convoluted, which makes it difficult for that service customer service person to easily answer the question, or they haven't been trained. Uh, I know people will relate to this. Uh, somebody on the service side calls into customer service, and the customer service person has never even seen the piece of equipment. <laughs> They've never worked it. They've never operated. And that's okay. We all started there, right? Yeah. yeah. But they're going to be asking very different questions that the person on the other line is hoping that somebody else already knows about them. So that's the kind of friction stuff you can observe by taking your suggestion to say, okay, we want this thing. Now let's go through the process that we have existing today for our customers to resolve that thing. What are all the hoops they have to jump through? Because I promise there's an easier and better way to do things but we have to observe the current state to understand what is the future better state we want to get to. Yes. So better training internally as part of that process improvement. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it's just giving your customer service uh, team tools to do mm -hmm. their job better. So it's training and the tools and you combine that and everybody becomes more efficient. Agreed. And I would think too, that if we implemented more of that self-service into our websites, 
that that would not only help customers, but it could help our internal customer service team as well. Yes. Because then they have that endless resource to pull from in case the customer hasn't gone there, you know? That's right. Yeah. In today's world, right, we're we're still dealing with a multiple generation workforce. And some people are naturally inclined to use digital tools. Others are not. And they're going to go through your traditional channels. So we have to be equipped as manufacturers to handle all types of generations in the way in which they're going to come to us. So yes, your internal teams, when they have uh, access to digital tools as well, they can answer things much faster than they would without those tools. So it's a big uh, improvement that we've seen with customers who use our solution today. Absolutely. Well, and I think I, I, I circled something that you said, and I think it's important, whether it's marketing, whether it's sales, whether it's aftermarket parts, whether it's um, any, any of these things, put yourself in your customer's shoes. I think that has become, we hear it and we hear it and we hear it, but we don't really do it. Yes. So in in order to be more effective, we're not just selling people stuff. We're, we're solving problems and we're being of service. And I always call it like, instead of a sales funnel, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, we got him to go through the funnel dollars. Yes. Now we're done. It's like, no, it's, I call it the sales circle. Yeah. Because like you said, they buy and then you want them to buy again, right? right. Or refer you like word of mouth is priceless. That's and, right. and if we're always anticipating that, that this is just the beginning and now we, it's not like we've got them in the sales circle, you know, yeah. we've, we've invited them in. They've said, yes. How do we keep that interesting? How do we keep that uh, you know, a fulfilling and valuable experience. And um, I lost my train of thought. I had, I had something else I was going to ask you about that. Um, I can't believe we have to wrap up already. It's the time I, I always say I could talk to, with you all day long. Yes. Is there right here at the end, is there anything that you would add? Cause I want to encourage everybody listening to this to check out your videos on the Manufacturing Masters platform. They're all Mm -hmm. excellent. And is there anything that you wish you could add? Because I'm sure you're going to be making more videos, but would you add to this current video that that didn't get in on the first take? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Because, you know, one thing that we see continuously when we work with different OEMs is that their installed base information is either absent or inaccurate, or they don't feel comfortable with it. Um, What I would encourage is that if you're going to be, you know, a badass aftermarket leader, you have to know your installed base. And that's how you understand who are the customers who are owning and operating your equipment so you can start to segment them and create opportunities within the customers. But then you can also 
segment the products that you're trying to grow on the aftermarket by knowing which products are still operational. So if I have 50 of model XYZ operational in Eastern United States, and they're currently near their five-year life, then there might be some additional inventory I need to have on hand coming up for some future maintenance. So I can make better business decisions, not on past sales, but on future opportunities that are coming because I know my installed base, the estimated life, and what parts those equipment are going to need. So now I'm making more insightful decisions about my business. I'm categorizing my products and my opportunity, which helps me get an idea of my market potential. So I can say my current market share is this versus my market potential, because we can all go after 3% growth. But what if your current share is only 44%? Maybe you want to go after 10% growth and observe there's a lot of opportunity. Maybe there's a, some proactive, proactive when we understand our installed base. So I would have added that to my videos is just know your installed base. It's so critical. Know the customers that own your equipment. Start to think about what products are needed for that equipment in the future so that you can be making the right business decisions now to close more of those future opportunities. I love that. And do you feel like the best way, because if I'm a manufacturer hearing this and I'm not taking advantage of these things right now, is the easiest way to monitor and track all of this, you is it digitally using software? Uh, I think that is a huge help, you know, especially in the registration of the equipment. If you had a process for registration, that immediately would give you that those details. Um, you know, I know many of the people listening might also have a dealer network. So sometimes it's good communication with your dealers. Now, dealers are empowered when they have that information. So that's often why OEMs don't have the information because it's existing in the, the dealer network. Well, then I would encourage you guys to be talking and sharing that information so you as the OEM can be better equipped with uh, what the needs are in those dealer territories. So Yes, digital solutions are the best way of just capturing that information. And now it's in your database and you can start to slice and dice that data later when you need to. Well, everybody listening, you now have the foundation to uh, up your badassery and really take advantage of your aftermarket sales and uh, really turn that into a into a profit center. Thank you, Christina. I can't wait to have you back already. There's so many different things that we can talk about. Thank you, Allison. Such a pleasure. I love being here. Well, everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Manufacturing Masters Podcast. We will see you soon. If you're not already, subscribe to the Manufacturing Masters Podcast on Apple Music or Spotify. And for a deeper dive, head on over to manufacturing-masters.com it's everything they never taught you in school.